Well, guys, today on the menu, we have the Book of Galatians. Yummy. Yummy. <laughs> Gluten-free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gluten-free. <laughs> and vegan. <laughs> 100% organic. Oh, yeah. E. Good yeah. stuff. Today, we're going to be talking about chapters one and two. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's just jump into it. Let's go for it, guys. Jump on in. Yeah, so we, uh, we've we all read chapters one and two, I presume. Mm-hmm. What are our thoughts on it thus far? I think, well, first off, I think it's so interesting. So out of all the books that Paul wrote, this one has such a different tone. Because mm-hmm. most of them start off with him, like, encouraging the church or the people he's talking to, or the people he's writing to, um, or, like, praying for them. And this one, he is laying down some... Yeah. some truth and um well he's basically calling them foolish you know he's yeah. like really going after their uh falling away from he's got the that, gospel he's basically. got that whole i'm not mad i'm just disappointed yeah vibe going yeah. oh yeah yeah it's a lot of emphasis on not living by the law of man mm-hmm. and living by the spirit yeah which i enjoyed Ooh, that'll preach yeah yeah preach it then preach. oh no dalton show all the shows Show. Yeah. Well, I say shows. We all yeah. host a show. Multiple shows. And Whitney likes to take over sometimes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all could, see, could have seen Whitney's face just then, it was priceless. It's what well, they can. Do. It's what we live for. So. Whitney, um, speak your truth. When to <laughs> speak one truth. Just, we're going in a circle here, okay? Well, something that I, that I love that... Paul stresses uh, in most of his letters is that he's an apostle not of men but of God that God has specifically chosen him and that God Jesus Christ gave him this gospel not man so he learned everything about Jesus Christ from Jesus yeah so he's basically a disciple as well I love that too because when God gives you something like the world can't take it from you because they didn't give it to you Mm -hmm. so when God gives you that anointing or gives you that gift other people can't rob you of it yeah unless you know if you give them permission and that's where Paul's really like hey I know that God gave this to me I didn't get it from any person actually in my footnotes y'all know I love the passion translation because it's so passionate so passionate so passionate but it actually was talking about the name paul means little his name before this conversation was saul which means significant one or sought after what great transformation takes place when we experience a profound change like saul did god transforms us from being quote unquote important to being small in our own eyes and this is what qualifies god's apostolic apostolic servants apostolic thank you that's my um my woodbury coming out (laughs) over here but yeah the word apostle means one who is sent on a mission or an ambassador by implication an apostle carries the delegated authority of the one who sends him paul was chosen by jesus christ an apostle to plant churches and impart the revelation of jesus christ in his true gospel um there are more references in the new testament about the gift of the apostle than all the other gifts like prophet evangelist pastor teacher combined like in Ephesians 4.11, but I just thought that was so cool because I think a lot of times whenever we're pursuing God, we want to feel important. We want to feel seen by other people. We want them to recognize the gift of God on our life. And I, I love that footnote. It talks about we go from seeing ourselves as important in our own eyes to seeing ourselves as small in comparison to the gospel of Christ. Yeah. But then we get to be the ambassador. Like we get to go out yeah. and, and share it. Um, and then like what a privilege. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, well, I was looking at um, verse 21 through 24. I'll just read it real quickly. After um, Paul says, After my stay in Jerusalem, I went to Syria and southeast Turkey, but remained unknown to the Jewish believers in Judea. The only thing they heard about me was this. Our former enemy who once brutally persecuted us is now preaching the good news of the faith that he was once obsessed with destroying. Because of the transformation that took place in my life, they praise God even more. And I just think that's amazing, like, the transformation that he went through from basically destroying Christians to then bringing people to Jesus. It just, it brought them to Jesus. It wasn't about him being this celebrity or anything. Mm -hmm. It was all about them praising God because of the things that he had done and the transformation. Right. Absolutely. Um, When Paul is writing his greeting to the church, he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God, of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, he always sticks with that. He always sticks with God gets the glory forever and ever. Um, the reason I wanted to bring that little passage up, though, is that I can't help but think of Paul when he's writing this if there's a little bit of aggression when he's writing it mm-hmm. because he's saying grace to you and peace from God, our father. And then not a verse later, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Um, I, I, I love the fact that he still writes grace to you and peace from God, our father. Mm-hmm. He's still showing that he's loving and all this stuff. Um, but at the same time, he's loving them sternly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's funny to imagine him like writing that aggressively. Just grace yeah. to you. Peace from God our Father. It is interesting. I know in that part too, though, it's like, it's crazy that, so Paul, you think of him as like one of the most amazing Bible teachers of like all time, basically, like other than Jesus. I mean, he was firm. And it's amazing that these people, these Galatians, like they heard from him and they at first were kind of on fire for Jesus and then they so quickly turn away and go into like the Jewish mosaic law aspect and it's just you know Paul's almost like like it's crazy like you turn so quickly and I think we can see that today how sin and um, false gospels can come in so quickly and turn us if we're not very careful and discerning of what we're listening to and check everything by the word of God you know that has to be our foundation we have to bring everything back to the bible and see is this preaching aligning with what jesus says in the bible so yeah it's, it's just crazy that they could turn so quickly yeah i think when uh when paul opposes peter uh, it's just interesting um i guess i'll just read that little essay right there uh, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that they, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Kind of piggybacking on what you were saying, just even Peter was just so quick to top around and like why why do you think that that peter did that like why do you think that when like he was so afraid 
kind of what other people were thinking. I mean, it, it seems a lot like just human nature to, you know, we have this tendency to want to care more what men think than what Jesus or what God thinks. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Here's the thing that I really love, too, if you go, I'm going back a few verses, but when Paul is like, I'm obviously not trying to flatter you or water down my message to be popular with men, but my supreme passion is to please God. For if I attempt to do this, or for if all I attempt to do is please people, I would not be a true servant of the Messiah. And I just think that's so powerful. And like I was telling you guys, I just really love these footnotes. And it, it look at how much the grace of God covers you know what I'm saying? Because Peter, you know, everybody refers to him as somebody that had foot and mouth syndrome or that missed it and even even denied Jesus. And you know that Peter loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. But grace covered him. And he even had that dream and that vision about eating unclean animals. And God's like, don't you call unclean what I've called clean? And sent Peter to some people that were not, was it non-Jewish? And like Gentiles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that like they had received the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? And so he used the grace that he had given Peter. It wasn't Peter and who he is and Peter and his strength. It was the grace on his life. And in the the footnotes of what you just shared, David, it was saying that Peter was shown a heavenly vision that God views the non-Jewish believers as clean. This amplifies Peter's hypocrisy. Even Jesus' apostle had conflicts that needed to be worked out and healed. So if you know that you're called to, to share the gospel, that doesn't mean you have to have it all right. That means that you aim to do things with excellence and be pleasing to God. But there's a grace for it. You know what I mean? Like, there's grace that covers you. And so don't ever let yourself get into that place of condemnation. Because the word, it'll tell you what to do wrong, but it also tells you how to fix it. God doesn't ever correct without saying, hey, this is what I love about you. You have this and this, and I've equipped you, and you're anointed to do this. But this is where you're missing it. He encourages and corrects. He does not say, we're going to get even here or you have to sit in timeout because you missed the mark. He still graced his people to, to carry out his word. Um, and so I, I love that Paul wasn't afraid to even confront somebody that was supposed to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing, right? Is he's separating himself sort of from that group. Yeah. Like, um, like I think it talks about um, in chapter one, how just like his past and his testimony and how like he, um, was very zealous to follow the traditions of his fathers. Yeah. But, like, when God, um, when God called him the grace, is what he says, mm-hmm. um, to reveal the son to me so I might preach to him among the Gentiles. I did not consult any man. So, and he didn't have to go find the apostles. He didn't need to do that. Go find them and be and get with them. Like, he... He had a vision from God. He was on his own walk from God, and he didn't need to consult man because he had God. And he said, he makes that separate. He makes that distinction a lot in this first few chapters, and it just kind of goes to show right there. He's not afraid to like confront those. Who, yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um, so I think I've shared this with you guys before. It just kind of reminds me of of this right here when Paul's correcting Peter. Um, I'm part of this Facebook group called Renewing of the Mind, and um, this guy named Joseph leads it. And, dude, in step with Holy Spirit, and I'm crediting that to God. Like, that's not him. It's a grace, you know. But anyway, he was, he said something, and it just really stuck with me. And he's like, I have a couple people that have poured into my life. And he was like, 
they're they're leaders in my life as far as Jesus, you know, like they really have sown into me and poured a lot into me. He was like, how would I respond if they stopped believing in God all of a sudden? How much of my faith is basically piggybacking? Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing now, like he didn't, this isn't word for word verbatim, but it, it just made me think like how much of my faith is piggybacking off of the people that lead me more than it is my relationship with God. And if, if Paul had been in that place where his faith was piggybacking off of the other apostles, he would have missed it. Yeah. Instead of br- being able to stand on the word and bring the correction that needed to be brought in that moment. And like, are we there? Yeah. It's so important. I mean, this can kind of be applied to anything. Like, it's so important that you have your own viewpoints and they're like truly your own. Yeah. Like, if you want to know about something, do the research. And the Bible is no exception. Like, don't just have faith because your parents have faith. Like, or your grandparents. Like, or your friends. Or, yeah. your, or your pastor. I mean, it's, you're going to have disagreements with people. Mm. And it's so important that you can cite evidence when you get in those discussions. Yeah. And it's so important that you have, you can back up your beliefs. And I think a lot of people miss that because we're so saturated with like this, what a popular belief is like, oh, you should always hold that. And someone may not hold that, but like, that's why, you know, like I'll have some conversations with people say about politics or whatever. And like, I usually don't have those conversations, but when I do, I really respect it when somebody can like back up what they're saying yeah. and it has, it's not just kind of like, Oh, because this person said it or because this person said it like, yeah. So I think the Bible, I mean, it's just, it's the truth. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you can cite anything you believe from the truth, it's just, it's just always important. I wanted to go like back just a little bit and give just a little bit more context for the book of Galatians. So basically it's Paul writing to the Galatians and he, I believe he originally taught them the gospel. And like, I think I mentioned earlier that they followed it. And then I guess what we call like Judaizers. So people that are into the Jewish mosaic law, they, that's what they taught them. And so they kind of went, away from the gospel of grace um, and God's truth and went into the law and like following the commandments and um, circumcision and all of that and that that's the way to Jesus which is against the gospel because the gospel teaches Jesus is the way to God instead of all these laws are the way to God so basically Paul is just coming at them with um, yeah redirection and yeah, he's warning them that um, our endeavor to be justified in Christ, uh, we too will be found. We will be found to be sinners. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way that we can try to be justified by the law because the law was meant to show us that we cannot be justified. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where Jesus Christ comes in, and we and where we accept His grace, we receive His grace, and that is what our righteousness is. He is our righteousness. Um, and so when you start to fall away from that, Paul is, um, anxious to stress that, like, if they choose to be justified by the law, then they're going to fail. They have to accept Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ is the only way. Yeah. Um, and the old, the old law was just meant as a placeholder until Jesus's death and then faith took over. Right. 
Yeah, what was it? He he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, because there are some places um, in churches that'll teach like, oh, well, it's Old Testament or, oh, we're New Testament only. But like, they're both important. Mm-hmm. They're both so important because Jesus came to fulfill that. So you need to know both and you need to, mm-hmm. to, to take the whole word. Like you can't discard part of the word and say that it's not valid and then pick and choose which ones that are a standard to you. Like yeah. it's either all the standard or it's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, but Dalton, when you were talking about that, it's Galatians, um, two verse 15, we know full well that we don't receive God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law, but by faith of Jesus, the Messiah, his faithfulness, not ours has saved us. And we have received God's perfect righteousness. Now we know that God accepts no one by keeping the religious, um, by the keeping of religious laws. And so I just, that's the gospel right there just it's it's not based on our faithfulness you know it's based on his Mm -hmm. and god is consistent and he's faithful and i just think that's really awesome i think too um i think like more old testament believers could think that oh like if you only follow this grace gospel or whatever then it's going to create rebels like it's going to create this rebel mentality where it's like oh like i have god's grace i can do whatever but really it does the opposite. It creates discipleship because um, you see that, you know, once you fully understand and grasp what Jesus did for us on the cross and how much God loves us that he did that, the grace that he provides us just draws us closer to him and makes us want to just naturally obey him. Absolutely. And, like, I love um, chapter 2, verse 21. I don't have the exact verse that I wanted to to quote here but um there's a part that says i do not frustrate the grace of god so when you're following the gospel you you're i love that like i'm not trying to frustrate the grace of god like you're not taking advantage of it yeah yeah my version it says i do not nullify the grace of god for if righteousness were through the law then christ died for no purpose mm-hmm. Ooh, let me share the passion just since we go on around <laughs> um <laughs> so that Wait, so that is why I don't view God's grace as something minor or peripheral. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, the anointed one would have died for nothing. And that's some strong verbiage right there. It's passionate. It's very passionate. It's it, it's strong, though, because like he, this is what he has taught them, is that Jesus Christ is everything. Yeah. And so he's really getting their attention by saying, if the law is still what justifies us, then Christ died for nothing. And so, like, he, he's just, he's stressing that it's all about Christ. Mm-hmm. That the law isn't what justifies us, it's what Christ is who justifies.